0: three
1: two (laughs) one
0: hey this is drew here without ashley this week unless derek she's been impersonating you i don't know if you want to do an ashley voice
1: i'm just sitting outside
0: wow is she 80 years old and a lifelong yeah. smoker now yeah <laughs> all right well ashley is out in the magical forest with giant foxes this week but we have derek back in the house Yo. What's up? it's good Great. to be back yeah i'm glad you um you made it back from your magic carpet ride adventures and your bank robberies is that accurate uh plead the fifth okay good call well meanwhile you are listening to new release a movie podcast with a time traveling twist episode 139 (laughs) (laughs) quiet dracula derek when the heck are we this week it's late
1: november 1992 mere days before thanksgiving what do you think was on the menu back in 1992, Drew?
0: Lots of blood, perhaps. Cranberry blood. sauce that is actually just um, human blood. Human blood sounds
1: good. But <laughs> sure
0: has anything changed about Thanksgiving since, like, like let's say the 1500s? Your Duckins? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we didn't have Thanksgiving before. <laughs> when, uh, in, oh, in, yeah. uh, that time period, but so I guess everything. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't have to go back that far since 1992. I don't think anything's really changed, huh? Cranberry sauce out of a can.
1: You got your turkey stuffing. Yeah, mashed potatoes and
0: gravy. But it ain't broke. Fried turkey. Yeah, a few, few different turkey cooking innovations, but mm-hmm. all the standard items are still on the menu anything on uh, tv this week i don't know let's turn it on okay
1: nbc's regular programs will not be seen this morning because live from the heart of new york city we kick off the holiday season with macy's 66 annual thanksgiving six Day six Again, as our holiday hosts direct from NBC's Today show oh, it's Willard, so the weatherman, Scott <laughs> and everyone's favorite <laughs> They morning do show a pretty
0: funny gimmick Katie in a minute Katie Carrick welcome
1: to Macy's fabulous Thanksgiving Day Parade but where the heck is that <laughs>
0: yeah, wow, So exciting Are you a big uh, Macy's parade guy the morning of Thanksgiving do you watch it
1: Oh I am usually asleep because mm. I'm
0: I sleep during the day <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair, fair answer. um it's another thing like i I feel like one or two years as a kid, I thought it was cool, but I don't really have nostalgia for it. I guess maybe football took over at some point yeah. and way more interested in that than the different floats I tried to I tried to watch the entire, you know three hour video to see if there were any interesting <laughs> pop culture floats, but <laughs> I didn't yeah. get that far. So uh that's a little taste of the 1992 <laughs> Macy's Day parade. Tune in wherever you are for um the latest on that. Let's uh let's check out what's showing at the movies though. That's you know more what we're about here. All right. So we've any, got any options for us?
1: Let's see. So <laughs> shit there is a film that I've that has Denzel Washington, and it's a Spike Lee movie, um, Malcolm X. Oh, yeah. About this, I've yep. seen it. Now that we're back in time in 1992, I'm, I wonder how the crowd is is going to respond to this. But uh, that looks pretty good. It's got uh, Denzel Washington with an American flag behind him, but it's all in a gigantic X.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I mean. That's probably the most important movie we could watch (laughs) this week. I'm just not sure we're the right people to discuss it. No, probably. So maybe there's another auteur, super famous director that uh, has a movie that's more about food coming out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so there is another option that we've got this week. I'm looking at the the movie posters outside the theater. It's Bram Stoker's. Dracula.
0: Mm. Oh.
1: Huh. I, I guess that's... Uh, it's silly that we've, we're talking like Dracula, and this is what we're going to
0: watch, oh, probably. <laughs> Crazy coincidence. I, that was just my November Thanksgiving voice. You've got uh,
1: Gary Oldman, Winona Ryder, Anthony Hopkins, Keanu Reeves. Yep. And the tagline is, Love Never Dies. And it's got...
0: Ooh, it's a romance. Yeah.
1: So, I don't Directed know. Directed by... Bram Stoker, no, no, uh, Francis Ford Coppola,
0: yes, the director of the Godfather movies and Apocalypse Now, and just a, a film legend who hasn't made a ton of movies. So let's let's see what this one's all about. I'm I'm definitely down. All right, I'll buy the tickets this week. Okay,
1: all right, Is that like Ching. three bucks, <laughs> three seventy five, because yeah. it's. <laughs> it's e- it's evening time perfect time for a Dracula movie nothing you've ever seen can prepare you for what's coming DRACULA
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bram Stoker's
1: Dracula A Francis Ford Coppola film, rated R,
0: at theaters Friday the 13th of November. Ooh, that was so good. Yeah, okay, well you answered my first question. No, my first question was, (laughs) 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 have you seen this movie before? I have, Have yes. I don't remember
1: it though, at all. But I've definitely seen it.
0: I think some of my favorite conversations after you know we are fresh out of the theater... Are when we're not revisiting things like Aladdin and Reservoir Dogs the last couple weeks, and we pretty much know what each other's response is going to be. It's just kind yeah. of a matter of like how much nostalgia did it drum up. And for this movie, I don't think I had seen any of it and had no prior, you know, relationship with it. Obviously, with the actors and with uh, Coppola involved, that piqued my interest. But I just kind of completely overlooked this movie through the years so I'm super excited to hear more about your response I mean you you were into this
1: yes from the opening sequence I was totally into it very uh right off the bat just really creative visuals and Mm -hmm. then Winona Ryder right off the bat too was not expecting that yeah (laughs) um gary oldman i'm not too familiar with so i didn't recognize that it was him but he's he also, a little he's a
0: little disguised yeah, <laughs> yeah slightly <anyway. laughs>
1: but uh and the music just right off the bat as well or the score was yep. just just sucked me right in <laughs> i get it it's yeah like,
0: good one <laughs> <laughs> it is such a moody and atmospheric movie and there are Interesting visual flourishes right at the beginning where, like, Keanu is on that train ride to Transylvania. Mm. Transle, uh, train ride, if you will. Uh, no, <laughs> I didn't want to say a trans ride, that wasn't going to sound right. Jesus. Um, this is why so, we didn't watch Malcolm X, yeah, exactly. Um, I'll bite my tongue from here on out. <laughs> anyway, there are these like nice dissolves. There's one of our you know favorite little movie uh, gimmicks where oh god it's it's a peacock feather with a circular like blue eye it, yeah. that you call it in the feather which transitions into like the moon or some kind of circular shape that is part of the train ride it's like it's really forced or really like uh yeah kind of forced but i i love whenever filmmakers do those uh, creative transition edits. I don't know if you yeah. remembered that one.
1: Yeah, and there was also like this overlay in the beginning, well actually when Gary Oldman's character before he was Dracula. Yep. Um when he defeated some of the enemies in this this battle that he had to go to before he could marry uh Mina, which is played by Winona Ryder. There was some interesting like layovers where you could see her face. Mm. Um, and he was, anyway, yeah, it's these these interesting layovers where they were fading in what Winona Ryder was doing and what, he, you know, what Gary Oldman was doing. And then same with that train ride. Right. Where Keanu, or sorry, Jonathan Harker was, uh, you know, daydreaming about his
0: lover. Yeah. Is it still Mina? So was- we should. The movie starts in like the mid fourteen hundreds on a battlefield, pre anyone being a vampire. Maybe in the universe, this Mm -hmm. is sort of like an origin of not just Dracula but the vampire myth Mm -hmm. in general. um, Which is because Bram Stoker uh, basically popularized or maybe invented the um, the creature and the myth of the creature in the first place. So this dude is fighting in on a battlefield he escapes his enemies by like jumping off a tower into water or something so either on purpose or mistakenly it's reported to his wife that or not his wife to be that he died in battle so she commits suicide (laughs) so it just starts with this really tragic love story he gets back to find out that it should be this beautiful reunion Where, you know, he's coming back to see his his wife having survived this horrific battle. And unfortunately, he finds out that she's dead. And all the the priests and stuff at the church are like, not only is she dead, she's damned to hell because she committed suicide. Yeah. Um, So he gets all pissed off and stabs, (laughs) stabs a cross. The cross starts bleeding. And by drinking the blood. Yeah. Yeah profusely beautifully um elegantly yeah. um this movie is so romantic and and like gorgeous and dark and Gothic and in so many ways but that's basically how he becomes Dracula he drinks yeah. the blood from the cross and now he is the OG vampire yeah and, and I have a yeah. feeling that so the the
1: blood so Winona's character Mina was laying dead next to the cross.
0: It's not her though. At that point, I mean, is is yeah. she even playing that character? Because it's I not don't... Gary Oldman. I think that you have two different actors in the opening. I thought it was when Winona... well, Winona's
1: throughout the entire film is the same female character, but she in is different, in different periods of time.
0: Uh, there's this like famous line in the movie Gary Oldman was like, "I wanted to do this movie for two reasons: one, Coppola, and two, because there was a line that I." traveled through oceans of time to be with you and yeah. I, she, she is spiritually the same character yes. but not but winona's character is a new is not the person who dies at the beginning oh um, okay well yeah. they looked very much alike well that's the point i mean i think that uh, that's okay. why i was that was a very long-winded answer to your question of, or like co- response I thought it was of Winona the overlays the entire time I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm it's, it definitely wasn't Oldman at first, but it's like his character is coming back. Um, Right. right. Like his character uh, survives all these, these hundreds of uh, these centuries. And she is a normal person in the present day, but, but Dracula sees Mina in her. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Yeah. So Winona and Keanu's characters are kind of like betrothed, but Keanu leaves, uh, Jonathan Harker leaves to go to Transylvania for some business, (laughs) some very disturbing, creepy business. Yeah. Um,
1: (laughs) He arrives, nobody's there, and then he gets pulled into another chariot or stagecoach thing by like a dark figure.
0: I mean, at what point would you have just turned around? Did he, I mean, was that an option? He was left. <laughs> he was, he
1: was yeah. They left him.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's like surrounded uh, by uh, wolves, and yeah, in the middle of of nowhere, and another multiple carriages pick him up and just drop him off and throw out his bags without stopping, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and then he shows up at a super creepy castle, and this guy's like creeping up on him while he's shaving, yeah. um, pulling swords on him while he's trying to enjoy his his <laughs> chicken dinner. <laughs> just yeah didn't i it wasn't long before Keanu realized that something was a af- foot <laughs> um but it was very clear uh by the time we have the orgy scene mm-hmm. um, <laughs> this movie takes several turns where I'm like oh yeah this is a hardcore um r-rated uh violent movie sexual uh, erotic movie yeah, but i mean it 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 just covers so much tonal ground throughout yeah. that I didn't yeah. see these turns coming a lot of the time.
1: Dracula, I mean, is kind of like this gothic, dark, you know, intimate, sexual, Yeah, you know. So it does make sense, but... Yeah, and I mean, this you're this you you a twilight.
0: The... Oh, yeah. So it doesn't <laughs> get any more erotic and sensual than that. There weren't any werewolves, right? They were just well, wolves. <laughs> except when he was... Um, uh having Feeling sex crazy. with or 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 attacking Lucy character in that um courtyard and it was like storming for some reason he looked like a werewolf in that scene.
1: Hmm.
0: I mean he was all hairy and stuff. What's if i understand the the rules correctly he has to be near transylvanian soil to to stay alive and gain strength so he can like briefly leave, or maybe it's some of it's telepathically. He's like interacting with Winona's character. Mm. Um and he's I don't know not, exactly how that's like, working.
1: Yeah. I don't know either, but he's also weak. So that, yeah. that does make sense. So the further that he is away from his castle, because they he needs to go back to near the end, I know we're jumping all over the place, but he does need to get back to Transylvania so he yeah. can like Re, uh, recharge re, 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 yeah rejuvenate him his wounds and stuff,
0: and he's having crates of soil shipped all over um Europe so yeah. that he can have these outposts
1: right and Keanu's character is like what there these ten houses are specifically set up in like a perfect order why
0: yeah and and that's where the plotting of this movie gets like so this uh this movie is awesome in all the ways that we've described so far atmosphere uh, tone kind of just imagery plot meh <laughs> <laughs> I, I i mean i just got lost yeah. several times or like there were there were walls because it's a it's a long movie i'm never one to complain about a movie being long but unless it like unless you notice it um yeah, yeah. which so I this thought,
1: one i definitely noticed that
0: yeah um, and it felt like really the performances are all really theatrical, which can be fun for some characters. And I know that uh, it's still early; we've we've only been out of the theater for for minutes. But I'm hearing whispers of Keanu Reeves being um, roasted like a turkey for his accent and his performance uh, yeah. in this movie. Did you notice? Were you distracted by his performance at all? <laughs>
1: I mean, the not just his performance okay
0: that's fair yeah so. his seems the most like awkward
1: yeah the other anthony just...
0: hopkins is the most horny <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh well there's tom waits as well but tom waits i think did a good job um but keanu just finished what bill and ted's awesome adventure <laughs> yeah and then was casted in this i mean very serious film yeah. Right? they pretty, I mean, they definitely went for serious, except Dracula kind of <laughs> was hilarious looking.
0: Yeah, they, I mean, Coppola wanted everything to be weird and unusual and not the traditional portrayals of Dracula that had been like yeah. the slicked back black hair with a widow's peak gotcha. and a cape okay. and stuff like that. He wanted to intentionally, he kept giving everyone. Uh, the costume designers and the hair and makeup people direction to just go weirder or to pull things like from their personal nightmares and dreams um they're so <laughs> cool. there and i wasn't sure there were a couple effects in the movie like the green smoke and stuff that i assumed were computer generated but they did a 100 percent of the of the effects uh practically
1: right yeah i uh in camera we've like you said we've only been out a few minutes but i definitely uh talked to the people that made the film
0: sure yeah we got coppola on the
1: (laughs) on the line (laughs) right now actually (laughs) but yeah yes there were it was a very creative way to get some of the scenes uh with projections like when dracula and um jonathan harker first kind of meet after that dinner Mm -hmm. uh dracula walks away and then turns into a bat and all you see is his silhouette behind Keanu that was really rad
0: there's so much cool shadow work so often you see him moving in one direction as a person and you see a shadow doing something else or you just see the shadow creeping up on someone but you don't see the person yet mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of, those are uh, there's a lot of homages to nosferatu the 1920s horror movie about to have its 100 year anniversary Um, (laughs) our theater back in Portland is celebrating is celebrating that um, in present day which is insane to go see like the 100 year anniversary of a movie (laughs) Um, but the imagery and the shadow work and stuff is heavily inspired um, or you know kind of an homage to that Um, and like it's, it's effectively really creepy without anything seeming uh overly I don't know like movies that don't hold up well from this time are the ones that are reliant as we've talked over and over on too much computer generated effects those just haven't aged nearly as well even though this movie has sort of an artificiality to it it's so heightened and theatrical so like with the performances with the the sets because apparently most of it was filmed on sound stages because Coppola has a tendency to uh, go to great lengths, like <laughs> filming apocalypse now, and and it, the the production spiraling into an absolute like war zone. Um, so he he made it a point to be on time and on budget for this movie. So I had to make some some sacrifices there, yeah. but it doesn't really matter because it all feels cohesive uh, in the sense, like stylistically cohesive.
1: Yeah, and and you also, well, personally as a viewer. I felt like I was in that, um, you know, I didn't feel like I was, I was definitely fully immersed into that world. It was really, yeah. I didn't really think about real life reality. Yeah. (laughs) No, yeah. An hour 30 in,
0: (laughs) as long as you stick, you set a consistent tone and you stick to it. That's pretty much you can get away with whatever you want. It, I don't really care how heightened a world is or if characters talk unnaturally or whatever, if it's if it all feels consistent. Yeah. Um, I actually prefer that to realism. It feels real within the context of the world that is established, but yeah, not yeah. another retread of like just what we experience in everyday life. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, there's I, I wanted to talk about a few of the, the dramatic moments um i mentioned the orgy which kind of snuck up on me keanu is is uh creeping around the castle up to no good he was told to stay in his room so um he goes into this like layer with just this these sheets it's kind of like a waterbed but the 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 sheets are just sort of floating and then these uh wives of dracula like surround him and it turns into an orgy and he's, you know, powerless for the most part. And then when the movie really took a turn is like Dracula comes in and because he won't let them finish. uh, He won't let the, the wives finish Jonathan Harker's character off. He offers them a baby to eat for dinner instead. I like that.
1: <laughs> and then tons of blood.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that. There's Lucy's. um we haven't talked much about Lucy or about um, what's Winona's character's name? Mina. Yes, um, Mina. Are you we talking haven't...
1: about her friend?
0: Yeah, her friend's name is Lucy. Um, the red, yeah. the redheaded, uh, yeah. woman in the movie, and she's kind of like one of the things that Winona said was really intriguing about this role for her was that women were so repressed sexually at the time, and for this to be like an erotic, um sort of empowering movie from the female sexual perspective was intriguing to her. Winona's character actually plays more of the traditionalist and her friend Lucy is the one who's like kind of pushing her to explore her sexuality. She's like, Oh, you've only kissed Jonathan so far. Um, And, and things like that. But then Lucy gets attacked by Dracula because well to sort of get to mina basically right
1: yeah that's where i wasn't sure that's kind of where it was confusing but that that does kind of track
0: yeah so she gets she slowly turns into a vampire meanwhile um anthony hopkins who plays a character you might be familiar with van helsing shows up Mm -hmm. with his posse uh and he's just like snip like (laughs) i don't i don't i don't know like he he is he has a lot of um energy to his performance. The way he like acts around Mina and stuff just was creeping me out. But uh he is the only person capable of dealing with uh this situation because he has a lot of experience with monsters and he knows what a vampire is. Nobody else does. Um what did you think about his arrival on the scene? Intense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I didn't notice that it was Anthony Hopkins immediately. It, I was like, is that Yes. No. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Nope. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, he's like not not very far removed from Silence of the Lambs here. So maybe it's kind of just dark energy that is, is flowing through him. But anyway, what I wanted to get to was Lucy fully is turned into a vampire. There's no saving her. They try experimental blood transfusion. I guess that doesn't work. And when she turns, they have to, like, um uh fight her back with crosses, you know, all the traditional stuff, and eventually drive a stake into her heart and behead her, and then there's just an explosion of blood.
1: Which was fucking <laughs> awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like little moments scattered throughout the movie like that that just, it doesn't hold back on any of the different types of of um, uh, of gore or sex or um, performance levels like everything is dialed up and I really appreciate that yeah same yeah I mean that might be why Keanu is out of place because he uh, according to Coppola our our friend, uh he was trying so hard to perfect the one, the elusive London accent (laughs) and his scenes are more subdued and quiet. Everyone else is going for it. Um, and he is kind of like noticeably, it's not noticeably until you read about it, but in the moment it just, it just seems like unnatural, um, in a a different way.
1: He also plays like a somewhat of a weak character in this world. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Doesn't have a ton to do
1: right and pro- should not should not be in this situation
0: no i mean no and amount that's... of commission or whatever he was getting it's like what happened to the guy that i'm replacing they're like i don't know yeah <laughs> and i guess
1: you know that's why how van helsing comes in and definitely van helsing makes
0: sense in the, yeah.
1: in this world but uh, keanu should have just stayed in london or wherever that he was at
0: yeah Van helsing is desperately needed um what did you think about just kind of like the arc of Dracula? Like, this is a... Did you think he was a, a tragic, sympathetic figure and, and sort of gets a happy ending um, or gets, you know, released? No pun intended. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. No pun intended there. But, I mean, I don't know. What would you just think about the, dra- the portrayal of the Dracula character? Definitely
1: empathetic because... Yep. The, how the movie starts off. It's I love when films can get you to care about a single character, but not only just a single character, but two, especially if it's if they're in love. Right. And yeah, you know, he, he definitely didn't, uh, you know, he worked hard to come back home to his wife and then she's yep. dead. So I, I think uh, he's allowed to be mad, but maybe not, you know, Take it out on everybody. <laughs> Go to anger e- management.
0: Yeah, it's kind of unclear um, how many, you know, like what, how many people he's, he's like killed or, you know, what he's had Influenced. to influence, what the cost has been, yeah, to the rest of society. But, um, but yeah, he's definitely, I mean, we talked about the opening of the movie. And then I think what doesn't work for me the most is when he is either projecting into um, present day. So it's different. It's, we get the, like the the white hair, older looking Dracula when he's at the castle, but he's kind of like, he has like long hair. He's younger and supposed to be suave and cool when he's interacting with Winona in yep. uh, London. And I don't, I don't know, those scenes worked less for me. I mean, I know he has like a, just a hypnotic power over her, yeah, yeah. but I didn't find their chemistry particularly strong. No, not at all. Um, which might be explained by the fact that apparently they had some kind of weird uh connection energy on set yeah. and she didn't like working with him. Now they're good friends and they've gotten over it. Um right. <laughs> 30 well, his years facial older, hair was but... throwing me off as well. But Yeah, he's not hot. <laughs> to me. I mean, but <laughs> so <laughs> a cool dog. And um you know I, I yeah i just didn't love his look but that's <laughs> that's not for me to he, decide he looked like johnny depp a couple of times there's definitely that and i think like johnny depp would have been sexier in yeah. the role if that matters yeah. so yeah one other one other thing to mention is kind of the final climax sorry for all these puns uh <laughs> where they hunt down dracula or they confront dracula at his castle in transylvania and um he turns into this like bat monster i don't know if that was back in the um i think that is at the castle when he when he turns into like full-on yeah uh, like creature final boss mode
1: yeah vampire yeah i thought that looked awesome it was awesome and, and again practical practical yeah. effects and yeah awesome clearly ability. someone
0: in a suit but like not in a Not in a cheesy way whatsoever, like in a really awesomely designed, (laughs) scary bat monster suit. And then they, uh, did you understand kind of like how the fighting dynamics work? Like what, what they were trying to accomplish, like sometimes and where his magic ends and begins. Like one time they had him cornered and he just uh, was able to like um, dissolve into a pile of rats. (laughs) So I don't really know like how you trap him, but I think it I think it came down to maybe a human like having to seduce like Mina having power over right. him. Right. And then then Jonathan was able to get close enough to slice his throat. Yeah. yeah. You know, Did but, he get stabbed yeah. first? Probably stabbed. I the, yeah. the, ending, the is ending is a little blurry was, to me. Yeah. The way i understand it is he does get like released from being cursed and and we kind of see him ascending or reuniting with mina like spiritually not right physically yeah um, and then who knows where the other surviving characters go from here the other thing that was confusing is when like so keanu never got bit or turned or anything right no yeah no and then but Nona did but uh mina did so is she i i I forget where we left off with with her but
1: seriously the ending is a blur to me as well
0: yeah well sometimes that happens after like such a um (laughs) such a profound like uh visual and and immersive experience like this it's it's kind of just washes over you and i think that's that's fine anything else uh you want to say about this before we move on?
1: Nope, I'm good.
0: Okay, well, we'll return to our discussion of Dracula shortly for um, to see how it's being received by the rest of the world. But for now, it's time to play our favorite segment of the week, which I usually say in a little bit of a Dracula accent. So <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Mix it up. Do we have a sponsor this week for Rank the Blank, Derek? Oh, yeah.
1: Mom, sell them all. Mom! Oh, you're making chicken and stovetop stuffing? We're having stovetop with the celery and onions? What time? Six? At eight. Can, can I invite, invite Bob?
0: You, boy. you can yeah. never get enough stovetop stuffing instead of potatoes.
1: We should do that. Hey mom. Yeah. <laughs> can I invite Drew? <laughs> and you say, hey mom, can I invite Derek? <laughs> Where do you stand on stuffing? It needs to be crispy.
0: Ooh, crispy. Okay. Do you like it out of the turkey or out of a like separate pan? Mm. Assuming it's it not out like the turkey, gonna kill you. You
1: gotta get it crispy.
0: Yeah. I I the think stuffing bake. stuffing is my absolute favorite part of Thanksgiving, but it can also be hit or miss. I mean, you, you can't go wrong, of course, with our sponsor stovetop. Correct. Yeah. Uh,
1: stovetop for sure.
0: But if you get too experimental with it, then you can go wrong if it's yeah if it's kind of like chewy or dense not not ideal um i think it yeah i like it i like it i I know what you're saying by crispy but i also want it to be like covered in turkey juice and and moist and crispy on top
1: moist underneath gravy over the crisp
0: how many times per year do you eat stuffing
1: on average
0: and i'm 36 (laughs) years old uh Point seven five. Okay, so not even a full one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's that's the other thing. It's such a novelty. You never get to have it any other time of year. Right. Um, it, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't roast that many turkeys throughout the year. But you might have like a turkey sandwich regular regularly. So stuffing is an absolute um, treat, and I can't wait to have some this year. Meanwhile, we should probably talk about. <laughs> This week's Rank the Blank topic. It's um, The segment is where we pick a a, um, uh, group of things inspired by the movie and rank our personal favorites. This week's grouping, favorite classic monsters with Dracula being at the the top of the food pyramid, so to speak. We are going to just run through the ones that came up in my research as like, You might know these as Universal Monsters because Universal Movies was making a lot of these in in the 30s and and on. Um, So these are like monsters that appeared in black and white movies just when the horror genre was starting to become a thing. And uh, yeah, we're just going to run through them and then we're going to pit them head to head in some sort of death match and see who comes out on top. Um, who do we have, Derek? So you already mentioned Dracula.
1: Yep. And then we've got Frankenstein's monster. Mm-hmm. Is not that just Frankenstein?
0: So this is <laughs> this is like the scream trivia about you know it wasn't it wasn't Jason it was Jason's mom killing um, people on Friday the Thirteenth. It wasn't Frankenstein. Frankenstein is the doctor. Ah, okay. The so monster is not named Frankenstein. It's named Monster. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. So we've got Frankenstein's monster, Um, and to go with that, or maybe not. Bride. I don't know. Yeah. This
0: is this. I didn't do enough research to understand (laughs) if this is just a confusing name, but (laughs) anyway, I think Bride of
1: Bride of Frankenstein's monster.
0: I'm pretty sure that's what it means. Yes.
1: (laughs) Creature from the Black Lagoon, The Invisible Mm -hmm. Man, The Mummy. Phantom of the Opera which is an interesting one and the Wolfman.
0: Yeah. So we Those have some heavy hitters. Contenders. Heavy hitters here. Um we're going to automatically move Dracula into the the final rounds. Let's pick <laughs> like let's pick our next like top 4 or so. Um uh, like or we can just run we can just pair them off. Like who do you think would win between Frankenstein's monster and the bride of Frankenstein? I
1: don't know what the bride of Frankenstein's monster is does aside from being power well, like being very strong. I don't know. I so would say so. Dracula back... would destroy a Frankenstein.
0: No, we're not getting into Dracula yet. We're saving oh, him for the okay. for whoever can can come so, out. So sorry. What's, lower the, bracket. what's the first bracket? Well, I, okay. So Frankenstein's monster is notoriously he's seen as a monster. By humans because Mm -hmm. they don't understand because he looks different and he is like um, withdrawn from society or ostracized from society. He's actually, he befriends a little girl, befriends him and gets him to read. And he's, he, he's like a very kind and gentle individual until backed into a corner bride of Frankenstein. I'm going to just, this isn't gender specific, but I'm going to assume she's just more cutthroat. Than Frankenstein's monster, so I think Bride of Frankenstein is probably more badass than Frankenstein's monster because he's not, he doesn't want to, he's a a pacifist. Okay, so she wins that round. Um, and then Creature from the the, Black Lagoon, another size
1: character. Oh, okay, Creature from the Black Lagoon versus Invisible Man. Yeah, the Invisible Man's just a man. (laughs) <laughs> but he's invisible. <laughs> so, and the creature from the Black Lagoon is also basically a humanoid, right? Doesn't I mean he's got super strength? Can swim or it it has super strength? I would say it would he would rip the head off of the invisible man once he put like that swamp water on him and could see him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's no. true. If you can drag him into his uh, his natural habitat, then he can get him wet, cover him with sand, <laughs> do whatever he has to do to to make him visible, and then um, and then rip his head off, like you said, and then eat it, um, mm-hmm. because he's got like these big fangs and stuff. Yeah, cool. Um, then we got let's do a threesome here: the mummy, <laughs> Phantom of the Opera, and Wolfman. I mean. The Wolfman is probably the most ferocious. Mm -hmm. Phantom of the Opera is... um, Most elusive? Yeah, elusive. Kind of like another... These are all semi-tragic figures. I don't don't think he's really known for his his fighting ability. He's just got some pent-up anger from being, you know, again, like, cut off from society. And I think the, the person he loves. So, I think it's Wolfman versus Mummy. Who do you think wins that fight? Wolfman just rips off all the mummy's,
1: uh, what is it called?
0: Limbs. All of the
1: no, well yes, <laughs> but all of the bandages. Yeah. And then the mummy is kind of like falls apart. So uh, yeah, Wolfman for sure.
0: Okay, well we have a, a, a top three now um, vying for the the pow- the right to fa- face Dracula in an ultimate showdown. Bride um, Frank- okay. of Frankenstein. Creature or Wolfman in, in this round? Who do you think?
1: I mean, another threesome fight yeah. here. of yep. Frankenstein and Creature from the Black Lagoon. I think they get ripped apart by Wolfman.
0: Okay, so I I know you have a special place in your heart for uh, J- uh, the Creature. Jacob. Oh. <laughs> oh, for <laughs> the Creature from the Black Lagoon. So, yeah, yeah we, we just don't, unfortunately... Know enough about the Bride of Frankenstein? All the the encyclopedia uh, reading I can do right now is probably not gonna not gonna be enough. So, and the creature from do... the
1: Black Lagoon is just a creature in a swamp who falls in love. He doesn't really have you know he
0: might have superhuman strength, but or super humanoid strength. But y- yeah, um I, again, I think this comes down to um, what stage they are they're fighting in this fighting (laughs) in this fighting game in if it's a water stage obviously the creature of the black uh, creature from the black lagoon will have the upper hand Mm -hmm. but in any other situation uh the wolfman is probably more powerful so i'm fine with with wolfman versus dracula for the ultimate showdown
1: so this is reminding me of twilight
0: vampires versus wolves yeah i guess we we naturally worked our way there um (laughs) Dracula's powers include so, like kind of a a hypnotic mind control and the Dracula that's portrayed in this movie is more of a lover than a fighter but let's picture him as the the bat monster version so he mm. can fly he can bite obviously right. um and wolfman like is just going to be uh you know, oh, for man, that's a wolf. ferociously like uh <laughs> charging at him and, and trying to maul him. Do we think his hypnotic powers work on the wolf or not? Because that might be what it comes down to. If we're going to like uh
1: twilight standards of these two creatures, yeah, then no. But I, let's not go to twilight, that could be I, a factor, I, but not the be all end all. Well, the, the wolf is t- dog. And I think yep. that a vampire could absolutely use, you know, these kind of hypnotic uh, powers to make it see something, make the Wolfman see something that that's not there, or the Wolfman attacks and jumps, and uh, Dracula turns into a bunch of bats, and then the right. the Wolfman jumps off of like the tallest part of the castle or something.
0: Yeah, I, I think I agree. There's one is kind of just like a mindless killing machine and mm. the other one, um, at least when he is, you know, in uh, when it's a full moon well, we're, we're and in, we have yeah, to assume, age. obviously, this is when he has his powers versus the other one. Yeah, can basically like just disappear, or reappear on commands. He can hypnotize him. He can. The only Downside of Dracula is we just don't see him. We see him biting people, we don't see him utilizing that many other, um, violent attacks. Like he could claw people too, right? <laughs> uh, Dracula? Dracula, yeah. I mean, when he's in his final boss mode, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know if he would, what would happen if he just if he bites um a wolf man does he turn him into a vampire or some kind of hybrid or what a vampire wolf yeah but it would take some time yeah maybe that would be this plan we can unite the two species mm, into yeah. a hybrid and then we can get like some real twilight crossover um sex <laughs> sexy time
1: so dracula could either kill Wolfman relatively easy by um. Yeah, that tricking him. Could, yeah, tricking him and or turn him into a vampire. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah. In my version of the story, he's going to turn him into a vampire, and then they live happily ever after as partners in crime and love. So. There you go. There you have okay. it. Dracula wins. Well. Dracula wins, but Wolfman survives. Wolfman survives, and. Shout out to Creature from the Black Lagoon for at least getting into the top three. <laughs> All right. Well, that was um that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love our deathmatch. Rank the blanks. We'll see what happens next week. But for now, let's return to our feature presentation. I would normally ask you how this movie is being received by people in the street, but let's just check in with our good old friend uh, Siskel, or Ebert, for that matter. I'm not sure which one.
1: It feels actually more like an opera, with a lot of very emotional climaxes and not much logic in between, and that is both a strength and a weakness. I liked the way this movie looked and felt, and I liked the energy the actors put into their performances. There were times when they seemed to be playing for the audiences in every theater in the multiplex. I liked the production design, the costumes, the lavish and seductive photography. I liked all of that. What never really moved me very much were the characters. I didn't believe their emotions. They seemed to be playing for effect rather than for motivation. But still, it's a good-looking movie. I recommend it for what I liked about it, but not.
0: Okay. All right. Um- lukewarm uh positive response there I recommend so in their thumbs up or thumbs down binary system I guess that's a thumbs up uh, I think we mostly agreed it's just we were less bothered by the you know the plots, confusion and the character I mean I, I, I don't agree fully on that I didn't uh, buy into the character emotions I'd have to have to push back on that one All right. You want to know about the box office for this puppy? Yeah. What is the box
1: office looking like this week?
0: Yeah. So we are, um, this has been out and this is in its second week now. Um, I won't reveal the number one movie quite yet. Um, And it's opening weekend. Dracula was number one at the box office. It was the largest November opening of all time at that (laughs) point um, with $30 million. Um, But there's a new kid on the block so to speak this week and it bumped it down to number two and at number three we have Malcolm X so um, we'll reveal soon very soon what the number one movie in America is but Dracula is a hit nonetheless nice awesome and it was made for
1: 40 mil so opening weekend they almost made up the cost of making it
0: yeah, thirty million the first weekend, fifteen million the second weekend. You got marketing cost, but I think it would max out at like two or three hundred million worldwide. So definitely yeah. a hit. And then they also came out with uh, a video game.
1: Well, multiple video games for it. So really, I'm sure, some people saw some royalties from that.
0: Yeah, have to get our hands on that. All yeah. right. Well, we have. Um, this is going to be interesting. Our next topic new release or old news this is uh, maybe i know where you're leaning but uh, i'm a little torn what uh, do you want to go first uh i'm also
1: torn um the, the the way it's so creative and i've mentioned this on the podcast before when i watch a film i i, I you know i pay attention to the to the plot to the characters etc yeah but i also pay attention to how the film is made or yep. guessing how it's made and they were super creative. So I've got to say new release just based off of the practical effects and the way that they filmed it with projections and
0: multiple cameras. Yeah. So new release. That Check one scene where Dracula, um, the very, very creepy scene where Kano is shaving and he cuts himself and you're just like, Oh shit. <laughs> Dracula smells blood. Yep. And he's like, sneaks up on him. Apparently, the, the walls of the set that they were using are slowly um, encroaching oh, on the characters, rad. like in real, you know, it really in, in the the set itself. They're like they're closing in on the characters. That's rad. Cause yeah. You can get lenses that do that kind of. Yeah, you could you could you could make that effect in several different ways. It's really subtle. Um uh, I don't think you're supposed to like notice them moving. It's just meant to subconsciously like um, close in, make you that. feel claustrophobic. Yeah. Yeah. That's bad. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, things like that, all the, all the positives that, that you just mentioned from a filmmaking standpoint, I'm, we, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go um, new release for sure. Ooh, okay. It doesn't feel like old news because these actors are still important figures in, in our lives. Um, Did filmmaking techniques hold up today? They're the, like, you know, all the, the tonal shifts and stuff will, will kind of like appropriately shock or surprise modern audiences. I think. So I would say, I would say new release. Nice. All right. Anonymous release all around. Yeah. Okay. This one might be even trickier. <laughs> How early nineties is um, this movie set? When is the? It starts in 1452, but when's like the present day of the of the movie? Three decades or four decades later?
1: Centuries? Centuries? Or, yeah, it's yeah. Not... It had to have been centuries. Yeah, yeah. Four, three centuries later.
0: Yeah. So it's not, it's not set in like after the 1600s, yeah. but it's also, it's also set in, in the, the past. Like the present day is, is, um, is like, uh, feels like a period piece, like a, like a yeah, romance, yes. um, Absolutely. period piece. So, um, so with that in mind, it's not going to score very high. I would say no. Uh, the actors definitely yes. get some definitely get some credit there. Coppola not exactly the height of his career. Um, he's winding down as a filmmaker at this point. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe in the fifties. Tw- okay, I was gonna say like twenty five. I I said fifties because that would be the lowest jet. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's, it, I
1: mean. But you're right. But I mean, how, so 90s, 50
0: is like half. That's probably that, too high. It's probably more like in the 30s
1: let's do thirty five you've got okay. some pretty interesting actors that come into play and yeah. you know the the practical way of making the film yeah um definitely gets gets some points but I, mean, I think that's fair how 90s it's not that 90s okay. visually so
0: what's um what about the gift shop? what are we gonna oh. merchandise from this movie to pay? the insane cost of production that we have for this podcast. We need to crank out lots of crosses or garlic or fangs or whatever. Vampire orgies? Yeah, or orgies. I mean, that that <laughs> should go for a pretty penny. Uh, yeah, Holy I mean, Water. We... No. We've had vampire um, movies in the past, like Queen of the Damned. Can't remember what merch came from that. It's long sold out by now. <laughs> But any ideas? I'll Give you first honor. I am at a loss this week. Okay. Um uh, yeah, we have the obvious stuff, the all the icon uh iconography that is associated the vampire movies like I just named. There's some good wigs. <laughs> what about uh there's a cool dagger that Kano uses.
1: What about one of the the bed that they're doing, that they're having the orgy on. Yeah. We sell would... a bed that has floating sheets and old, you know, Vic- Victorian or, you know, whatever style of this is.
0: Okay. So magic orgy bed. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, this is probably going to be one of our most expensive items yet. What's convenient though, from a production um, standpoint last week, you, uh, you missed our Aladdin episode, but our merch for that, for last week, get these while they're hot, are little mini magic carpets that'll fly and get your keys or your lost phone or something. Oh hell yeah. So we can just use like a million of those to make <laughs> to, to this make bed. The bed. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you that's how you, you know, um have synergy within the supply chain. And that's what we're that's what we're all about here. Is supply chain money. synergy. you can't lose it. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um so we got big Of floating carpets um, for sexy time and we have little floating carpets for retrieving your keys or prophylactics if that's what you need. Um, Okay. (laughs) Um, I guess that brings us to uh, next week. Uh, This is a movie that is going to rank much higher on the early 90s scale. It might be our... We've done sequels, but I don't know if we've done... The second movie, like one of the biggest movies we've watched for the podcast from a nostalgia nostalgia standpoint, um came out a couple of years before this one. So without further ado, we can play the trailer. But I'm pretty hyped for this one. Me too. America's smallest hero is lost in America's biggest city.
1: Can I help you? Preservation from McAllister? Alone too, lost in New York. What kind of idiots
0: do you have
1: working here? The finest in New York. Rated PG. Now playing at theaters everywhere.
0: All right, that is Home Alone Two, Lost in New York, a Stone Cold classic from <laughs> the early '90s. What uh we don't want to spoil anything from anything for next week, but. Did you watch this one as much as the first one? Or do you, I mean, like, do you see them on level playing field or, or, you know, like what's your excitement meter for this versus when we rewatched the first one?
1: More. Okay. I've I've seen this more, more interested. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sometimes it works that way when you're young with sequels. It's like the first one kind of surprised you. And then the second one before you even know, like what hype or whatever means as a kid, you just know like there's more coming of something I already love, and I'm gonna watch D two a million times, even though D one, you know, was great as well. I'm way more excited for, for the second one. We will see if this is the D two of the franchise, meaning better, arguably, than the first one or not. Wait, I'm lost. D one? Uh Mighty Ducks. MD one. Yeah, you called well the segment's called D two. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just saying,
0: like, I think most people like that one more than the (laughs) the first one. And we'll see if, if we'll see how this one holds up uh, against the first one. Anyway, I'm super excited for that. We've got a few weeks left in uh, the 1992 fall and winter season. I haven't, we still haven't decided what we're doing in December because it's kind of awkward to switch years twice. Because we'd have to switch years and then the calendar would switch over. So we'll figure that out. Don't worry. Don't worry too much. Just subscribe to the podcast by searching New Release on Spotify or Apple or follow us on Instagram at New Release Podcast. Derek? That's a wrap. (laughs) Ooh, very good. We didn't do it enough. Awesome music. Yeah. Yep. I'm not gonna try to pronounce the name of this composer. Sorry. Okay, Wojciech yeah. Kilar. <laughs> Wojciech Kilar.